Welcome back to the Low Bottom High Rise podcast with me, Moira Kassaba. I am a little under the weather today. Um, just about crawled into bed a minute ago and I was like, no, I need to share what I've been dying to share in this podcast episode. So today we are going to go into really the two biggest things that I walk walked and walked away from Tony Robbins event with this past weekend. So before I went to the event, this is my goodness, third Unleash the Power Within. It's kind of his pre-event to his bigger, more in-depth events. Um, I went to my first UPW in Dallas, Texas about six years ago. Two years ago, I did a virtual session and then this past uh, weekend was my my second in-person Unleash the Power Within. And I also want to say this when I look back. <laughs> I went to my first UPW six years ago and then went on to build a massively large coaching business. Um, the next year, I ended up number five in the company. And I attribute a ton of that success to everything that I learned from Mr. Robbins and everything that I kind of went through and worked through and implemented into my life. Uh, two years ago, I did virtual UPW. It was definitely, you know, it was the COVID season. And so we did it virtually in mid-November. Um, in the beginning of November, I was not, um, I'd been in the number two spot in my company all year and kind of just assumed that's where I was going to land at the end of the year. Uh, went to, uh, did the virtual Unleash the Power Within workshop, four-day workshop and uh, from my house with some of my girls. And lo and behold, I slid into the number one spot that year. And I, I can't even tell you, I've got lots of big plans, lots of big things coming. Um, I knew now more than ever, I needed to go back to a fully immersive live um, Unleash the Power Within um, event and, you know, more to come because I am creating something, uh, really exciting and really big and super passionate about it. Um, and so, you know, hopefully this is just, you know, the third thing that, uh, comes out of this work. And it was interesting because I brought my best friend this time and she said, right when we sat down, she said, because we are, we were talking to people in the lobby and, you know, out front and everyone at Tony Robbins is so incredibly next level on a human level, like just next level kind, next level engaged, next level fired up. And we're talking to people from all over the world. Like, where did you come from? You know, it's like, where, where do you live? People, I mean, the international presence was mind blowing. And, um, is this your first UPW is what I kept asking people and what people are asking me. And so when we sat down, my friend Amy was like, Moira, wait, why, why do people come back? Like, aren't we going to like listen to what he has to say? And then like, we got it. I was like, Oh no, 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 no. This is not an informational seminar. This is a process immersive. You're going through exercises and, and things that like, you know, you wouldn't just exercise once and say, I know how to do the workout in my mind, so I don't need to continue to work out. Like you're going back, right? And and here's the other thing. I am so radically not the human I was two years ago, six years ago when I did the other ones. Um, and stuff's always coming up, right? Like stuff is always going to come up. There's new fears, new self-limiting beliefs, new ceilings to break through, um, you know, you're kind of doing a life assessment um, through a lot of it. And 
you know, life looks radically different year to year, month to month, week to week, day to day. And so it's not something that you ever learn and um, just walk away with the knowledge and you're good for here and forever after. Also, you know, repetition is the mother of all skill. It's like we need to hear, and this is what I teach a lot of people that I, I'm, you know, coach one-on-one with. I'm like, listen, it's not as complicated as you thought. You really just need to continue to go back to these fundamental basics again and again and again and again. And when we get really consistent and we get really like, you know, we we get it on a brain soul level and it becomes habitual and it becomes effortless, that's when we've really learned something, right? So scraping the surface of head knowledge um, just doesn't, I mean, it's good, but it's not where learning and change actually takes place. Um, I hope I'm not losing you here (laughs) because my mind's like just in a million different directions. Um, The other thing that I heard this weekend and I just was sharing on Instagram yesterday was in regards to this topic of like going back to the basics and, you know, going back to the same thing that you've done before that, you know, so often we say about so much in life, I know, like, I know, I know, I know, I know exactly what I'm supposed to do, but I'm just not doing it. And I heard this weekend, and I don't think it was from Tony, I think it was from someone else. They were like, "Um, if you're not doing it, you don't know. Like, you don't know. You don't know it if you're not doing it. If you really know it, right? When we really absorb the importance of something and understand it on a deep, deep, deep level, and we understand why we need to do that thing and what it's all connected to, like we we do it. We just do it, right? We all understand the importance of brushing our teeth and we just do it. It's not hard. It's pretty darn effortless, right? But until we start to bring things into our lives and do them, we have got to get out of our vocabulary. The two most dangerous words in the English language, and that is, I know. I mean, that literally shuts down any conversation. It shuts down any person. I mean, think about it. Even if we're talking about something, you know, not that's not that serious with our spouse and they're like, hey, don't forget. I know. I know. I know and tone is everything. We could even say, I know, I know, I know. But guys, those words are so detrimental to us, right? And I just want you to remember, if you're not doing it, you don't actually know. So this leads to the topic. So a couple people asked me before I went to Tony this time, they were like, well, what what do you get out of it? Like what's, I think somebody said, what's the single biggest like takeaway? And before I went this past weekend, I was like, I, you know, when I'm at that event, you spend hours really doing the inside work and and breaking through and and getting clear on like what's holding you back. And so I said, for me, it's self-limiting beliefs, like getting really crystal clear and like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize this was a fundamental belief of mine and it's holding me back from everything I'm trying to accomplish and then needing to deconstruct those beliefs and reconstruct empowering beliefs. So that's that's the crux I always think of when I'm not at UPW. I always think it's it's you know all about those empowering disempowering belief systems that control and dictate our lives and recreating them and allowing yourself the time and the space and the energy and the environment to do that. Um, you come back a totally different person just because of that. 
And so when I was there this weekend, I was thinking about that. I was thinking, you know, when I think of UPW, that's what I think of. And I love that the biggest takeaway this time was state, was our emotional state. And I teach this, right? I've taught this on big stages that, you know, it's our state, it's our emotional state, it's our body, our physiology that creates our thoughts in our brain, right? It's the thoughts in our brain that create our emotions and it's our emotional state that creates our behavior and our actions or lack thereof. And it's our actions that create our life, right? I, I've taught that a million times, but even being a teacher of this, I'm like, oh my gosh, yes. It literally, none of the dominoes matter unless you get the first domino right. And that is your state, right? Your physiology. So it matters when, and you know, my beliefs around food and all that, it's not prog- It's not perfection ever, right? It's never about perfection. But I have to remember when I choose to eat ice cream, a hot fudge sundae on a Thursday night, I'm going to wake up cloudy and foggy and my physiology is going to be way off the next day. So if I'm expecting to show up clear and present to my, my work or a project, that's not going to happen, right? Because the first domino is, is not correct. Does that make sense? So this is something that I learned um, at my very first uh, UPW event. And hearing it again was just so good, going back to the basics. Tony calls it the triad. And it's uh, three patterns to create any emotion, right? We're talking about emotional state. Um, and he talks about it being your physiology, your focus, and then the language you use and the story you create. He says meaning. I like to think of it as story. So I'm just going to touch on those three things. So this is three things that create any and every emotion, right? So when we are frustrated or pissed off or angry or, um, you know, sad, upset, depressed, overwhelmed, anxious, this rocked my world six years ago and it was so refreshing to go back to it and remember it to just grab onto this kind of tool the way that I think of it to be able to change my physiology and my state immediately, immediately. So number one, physiology, right? This is what you're doing with your body. Emotion, right? It's caused by motion. So everything you're feeling you're also mirroring that in your body language. So it's very easy to talk about, you know, what does somebody look like that's depressed, right? Their shoulders are slumped, their head's hanging down, their, you know, voice is low and slow and like melancholy and, you know, they're even like blinking slow and, you know, what do their facial expressions look like? It's so easy for every single one of us to state the obvious. Same thing with the other extreme, like, you know, what does somebody look like when they're excited? And so sometimes we just have to snap ourselves out of it. The number one thing I want you to think of is what's going on with my physiology. If you are frustrated and angry and you get up and do 10 jumping jacks, it's going to radically change what's happening in your emotional life. Like literally just stand up and do 10 jumping jacks, right? 
stand up and do like, you know, I don't even know what those things are called, like fast, fast feet, fast feet, you know? Um, I remember when I was very new to studying all of this, probably a decade ago, I was struggling with an eating disorder. And I remember being like stuck in like, oh my gosh, like I can't get out of this and oh, it's just so heavy. And like, you know, you're like getting ready to eat all the cookies again. And I was like, oh my gosh, I got to change. I like, I just went outside and went for a bike ride. Right. I just had to change what I was doing physically. I had to get out of the space that I was in and do something different with my body physically, which leads me to number two, what you're focused on. So if I am in a downward spiral about food and I go on that bike ride and I force my mind, I force my eyeballs to look at the trees and the clouds and the house and the squirrel and the children riding bikes. If I change my focus, I literally cut off, cut off the downward spiral of thoughts, right? When you are downward spiraling or when you're on a tangent of thoughts, you are like firing and wiring together things neurologically in your brain to be your hardwiring your brain for that behavior, for that thought process. So if you can cut off the thought and focus on something else, and it's going to be way easier if you're doing something different with your body, with your physiology, you are literally not wiring that circuit and you're wiring something new, right? I know some of this stuff sounds crazy and like, what is she talking about? But guys, these are like the titans of the world, by the way. This is, you know, the stuff Tony Robbins is coaching like presidents through and, you know, NBA players and heads of the financial world. Like this, this is legit. And I am living proof that it absolutely works. So I can remember too, when I was stuck in that eating disorder world, I would literally just look out the window. My two things were look out the window, look at the clouds, or look at my child's face. Cut off the thought, right? Cut off the thought, focus on something else. Do something different with my body physiologically, like get up and walk around the house, get up and go outside. But but instantly in the instance of wherever I am, if I'm in a car, if I'm sitting at my desk, if I'm at the dinner table change my focus, right? The thoughts are going in my brain about something that doesn't feel good. And I can instantly look at my child's face. I can instantly look out the window and see the clouds. Cut off the, ch- cut off the thought, change your focus, right? So physiology, number one, focus, number two. Number three, I love this. And I actually didn't really get this at the the first go round. I was like, all right, physiology and focus, physiology and focus. And those are the two things I took and ran and it completely changed my life. So add this one in, which I I do teach a lot on. I just never really think of it in conjunction with uh, physiology and focus. Although, hello, it is a triad. So number three, the language you use. And he says the meaning you create. I want to say the story. So the language you use, this was a hilarious example of what of this happening this weekend. So we are jumping, dancing, screaming at the top of our lungs. We don't have our, a voice left. I actually went into UPW. I'm not going to tell you that whole story, but I slept for two and a half hours the night before I flew down and I was like, oh, good God. 
If you're looking for some more in-depth training on mindset practices and how to create your vision, how to reverse engineer your goals, how to craft your morning process, all of the things that I'm super passionate about, you guys, the Rise Up course is where it's at. It is literally my lifetime, my mind in a course, every single tip, strategy, and hack that you could possibly ask me about is in this course. So jump into the show notes right below and you'll see the link for the Rise Up course and my Rise Up planner and you guys can rise up with us. This is not going to be good because he wears your body down, you know, purposefully. And so you're sleeping four or five hours a night while you're there and utterly exhausted. Your body is like, I I am about to crumble and die. And so um, I walked into the bathroom when we were, we were probably, it was almost probably 2.30 in the morning. My girlfriend and I in our hotel, we had wrapped up the day. I think it was day number two. And she's in like the bedroom part. I was in the bathroom and I said out loud, I was like, oh, my back is killing me. And then I just started laughing. And she's like, are you okay? Like, what are you, what are you laughing at? And I was like, because I'm all of a sudden, only because I'm at this event, aware of my language and tone. I was like, my back isn't going to actually kill me. That was kind of extreme. I was like, the reality is like the muscles in my upper neck are kind of like tight and a little burning and like, oh, it's going to feel good to get into bed. But here I am saying like, oh my God, my back is killing me. I'm like, what in the world? Like that is our unconscious way of operating in the world, right? Like the the negative, harsh words that we use. And you might be thinking like, oh, I don't really do that. I call bullshit on that. Um, how often do you say un, kind of unconsciously, you know, and people are like, hey, how are you? And you're like, oh, I'm tired. Yeah. Are you tired? Or is that just what you're used to saying? And is that the story, which is the second part, is that the story you've created? I vividly remember walking on the beach with a girlfriend. I love my friends, by the way. Uh, guys, who you surround yourself with is who you surround yourself with is everything. So um, we were walking on the beach. We had babies at the time, and she was like, "So how? Like, how are you?" And I looked at her and I said, "Like, oh, I'm just so tired." And she was like, "Yeah, so am I." But do you realize that you say that every single time I, I ask you that question? And I was like oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm tired. I have babies. Of course I'm tired. But like every single time I say that out loud, I am reinforcing the story and reinforcing the feeling of being tired. So what meaning, what story are you attaching to whatever it is you're going through, right? This is one of the greatest examples of all time. I heard this many, many years ago. So imagine you are at a restaurant and you're waiting for your spouse to come. You know, you said, hey, let's meet at seven o'clock. And at 7.02, they're not there. And you're like, what are you feeling? First of all, what would you feel at 7.02? Answer the question in your mind. All of a sudden you're like, okay, I'm just going to distract myself with my phone. No big deal. Now it's 7.10. What are you thinking? What are you feeling? It's 720. 
7.30. No phone call, no text message. They're not there. What are you thinking and feeling? So I get this picture because this literally played out for me with a person to my right and a person to my left when I was hearing this. The person to my left, literally, it's 7.05 and they're not there yet. And my my girlfriend's like, I'm pissed. Like, uh, she's like, goes right into like what she normally gets pissed off about. Like her husband's always doing this and he's never there on time. And she's pissed. First of all, it's only 7.05. Like <laughs> give the guy some grace, right? But then it's 7.20 and she's irate. She's feeling disrespected and, you know, blah, 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 blah. The person next to me at 7.05 is starting to have massive anxiety because they're so worried that something tragically went wrong. And at 7.20 and at 7.30, the person on my right is like calling hospitals. They're tearing up. They're trembling with fear, right? We all have stories that we fall back on that have nothing to do with reality nothing to do with reality, right? One person could assume in that moment that her husband's a total jerk, no dis, no regard for her, maybe take it to the extreme of like, he's cheating on me. He's with another woman. Like we can take it and run, right? The other one thinks that her husband, you know, got in a massive car accident and he's at a hospital somewhere and she's, you know, in her mind attending his funeral. Like we can go there. I can go there, right? I don't know if you're crazy as I am with my thinking, but what if like his phone just wasn't charged and, you know, there was a traffic jam? No way to get in touch with you. No way to get to the restaurant. Simple as that. What is the story behind everything that you're so upset about? I was coaching of um, a client of mine through this before where she had this story that, you know, just all of these God awful things. And I was like, but from my perspective, that could be like seen radically in the other direction. Like you're seeing it as they hate you. They think you're a terrible person. They're out to get you. They want you to fail. And I'm like, but I saw that comment as like support and love and appreciation. And like, they're actually trying to make the best out of this for you. Like you can see it whatever way you want to see it. And your belief about a situation is just what you think is true. It's not necessarily true, right? It's just what you think is true. A belief is just something that we have decided is truth. It's not actually necessarily the truth. So we've got to create some more supporting stories, right? We've got to create stories that serve us stories that serve our relationship, stories that serve our future success because you can construct any story that you want. I used to believe that my alcoholism was a scarlet letter. I used to believe it was a cross that I had to bear, that it was, you know, this difficult thing that, um, I mean, I would think there were hard days where even in sobriety, I would think it's not fair. It's not fair that I was like born with this thing that I I have for the rest of my life. And the reality is if I pick up a drink, you know, the reality is I'll probably use until the point that I die. 
that's the reality of my type of alcoholism. And that's a heavy cross to bear, right? And I bore the weight of that for decades. And it wasn't until probably about eight years ago, I thought, this story isn't serving me. This identity is keeping me really, you know, backed into a corner. I believe I'm an addict. I believe I'm an alcoholic to the tips of my toes. If I forget that, I'm going to die because that, that means I will end up, you know, having a drink because I forget about that. I forget that. I don't believe I'm an alcoholic anymore. So I was really struggling with that. But I knew the story and the identity wasn't serving me. And so what I did was I set out to create a new story. And it was pretty cool what happened. Um, I started to look at, you know, addicts and alcoholics as not necessarily born addict addict or alcoholic. I, I absolutely believe that we are born with um, a gene mutation, like a genetic difference, right? Absolutely genetically, there is something different in my body that um, is radically different from my husband's. But what that actually is, is, you know, what I refer to as like driven. Like I am born with the driven gene. I am born with this gene that is like this insatiable appetite for more. And sure, that applies to drugs, alcohol, sugar, um, success, like all the things. But that can be my superpower. That can be the greatest gift that I could have ever been given by God if I choose to channel it the right way, right? Talk about a story switching for me and continuing, not, not continuing to serve me, starting to serve me and really serving me now that that is my new belief you can deconstruct and reconstruct your belief system. Your belief system is everything, guys. Um, so I know that I kind of tangent, tangent, tangent went in all the different directions. That's what happens when uh, you're not feeling well, your head is cloudy, you just came back from Tony Robbins, you haven't slept. But I want to bring you back just to wrap it up, the triad. Physiology, number one. Number one, change what you're doing with your body. Number two, focus, right? What are you focused on? Number three, the language you use and the story you create. And I just thought about this. I literally just had this happen, guys. I was feeling like crap, slumped over shoulders, like, oh, I'm so sick, right? And I literally got into bed, <laughs> got into bed. And then I was like, no, no. And I just popped out of bed, changed my physiology. And I was like, I'm, I, I want to go record this podcast, right? Changed my physiology, changed my focus, change my language instead of being like, oh, I'm so sick. It's like, no, let's freaking go, right? And that changes everything. And guess what I'm going to do right now? I'm going to go work out. Talk about a, a change in action results in your life, right? Sometimes you do need to sleep. Sometimes your body needs rest. I'm not saying that. But that's it for today, guys. Do me a favor. Will you please go to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review? I get all these beautiful, beautiful DMs about how much the show is changing your life and impacting your life. I would love for you to also put that on the Apple Podcast reviews. It would mean the world to me. So thanks for joining, guys. And I will see you next week. <laughs>